One, two, one, two. Oh, there we go. Good morning. Uh, go ahead and give three people a high five around you. Say, I'm glad that you're here. Well, it's great to be together this morning. I know that we are honoring uh, this day um, because of 9-11, and uh, so I do want to just start off with a prayer, if you would just join me in a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into the Word of God this morning. Father, we come to you uh, with just humbled by your grace, grateful that we have life today. Uh, God, we know that there um, are people that didn't wake up today that thought they were, and we've been given another day to be alive, to have air in our lungs, that our heart is beating, uh, that we could be here um, as a family in Christ to honor you, to worship you, to give everything we have and lay it before you today. And uh, we pray that you would speak into our life in a powerful way. God, we pray that if there's things in our hearts that are um, keeping us from you or if there are things in our hearts that are keeping us from one another this morning, that you would blow those things out. And God, we, we know that um, our time is short, and 9-11 is a remembrance of that, so many that lost their lives and gave their lives, and, and yet we're not promised every moment, and so we want to just give you everything we have. What do we, we just want to give you everything we have in this moment. We want to give you our full attention and our full focus, God, and we ask that you would speak through your Holy Spirit into our lives. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, we are going to continue in this series that we've been doing called Regroup. Regroup, and uh, we believe that great relationships still exist. I said, we believe great relationships still exist. Amen. And uh, we don't believe that every small group has to be dysfunctional. Okay, we don't believe that every marriage has to be challenging and dysfunctional. Okay, we don't, we, we believe that, that God can still give us great relationships. We believe that Jesus offers us more than enough wisdom. I mean, he offers us plenty of wisdom in the scripture about not only how to relate to him, but how to relate to one another. And we also believe that you can't worship Jesus the right way and yet treat other people like junk. That can't happen. And sometimes we need to get our relationships right, like on this horizontal level, before we get right on this level. That got deep really quick. So I want to pick up in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 26, and I know that you're excited to study God's word today. I feel like if we can get excited about a bunch of men wearing tights, hitting each other on a Sunday, I feel like we can get excited about Jesus, okay? So I want to talk to you this morning about this idea that you see here on the screen, the prison of offense, the prison of offense. And I believe that God is going to set some people free today from the prison of offense. I really believe that. And so look, let's look here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. It says, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago. Now, uh, this begins a series of six uh, if I could use a big word, theological upgrades 
okay, of commands that were in the Old Testament. And so Jesus brings up this command that, that Moses had, had put before us. He says, uh, you have heard that it was said long, long, uh, to the people long ago, you shall not murder. But then he goes on to say, but I say, he's, he's making upgrades to the law that was already in place. He wasn't getting rid of the law. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, uh, you know, just trying to, to shame it. He was just saying, I'm here to fulfill it and to upgrade what's already in place. And so Jesus is sharing this with us, and he's offering us wisdom that had been passed down from Moses and had been kind of distorted, and he's showing us how he is the perfect fulfillment of what began in Moses. I know this is a little confusing, but stay with me. And he begins with this idea, and I want to share this with you. I just kind of want to give you uh, an idea here what Jesus is really trying to communicate, at least what I think he's trying to communicate and, and I think he's beginning with this idea that long before something happens in your life, it happened in your heart. Long before something bore fruit, it happened here. And he says that there is this command, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. That's what you've heard. But I tell you, that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister, and that's going to become important here in a moment, but anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment again. Anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds bad, okay? Raka is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Watch this. Jesus said, with the knowledge that what starts in your heart doesn't stay in your heart, what starts as a thought, what starts as a thought turns into a word, which can actually turn your relationships into a living hell. And Jesus goes on and say, and be in danger of the fire of hell. I mean, aren't you glad to be here at church this morning? Amen. I'm being a little sarcastic there, but there's a reality that needs to be examined here about the progression of offenses in our lives. And if I were to ask you, I mean, a question, have you noticed that we live in a time of continual offense? Have you noticed this? Right? I mean, everybody is offended about everything all the time. Just offended about everything. Seriously. I'm serious. I have no desire personally, to post anything on Instagram or Facebook anymore because everything is so sensitive in our culture. I mean, I got to pray about it before I post a picture of my daughter, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure somebody would probably be a bit offended by that. You know what I mean? Like, just everybody is so offendable. And to be honest, Christians are probably some of the most offendable people on the planet. 
which is kind of ironic when you consider that our whole religion revolves around a relationship with somebody who dropped every offense that we committed against him. It's kind of weird to me. I mean, I'm serious, man. You have to be really careful because people just get offended. You know, I know I can be easily offended and God has helped me But maybe the reason it's hard for you to stay happy in your life is because you're so easy to offend. You know, if you want to make it easier to stay happy, then make it harder for you to get offended. So I'm working on this, you know, project of becoming unoffendable. Unoffendable. And I want to invite you in on it because Jesus says that this offense, however it started in your life, okay, however it started with your brother and sister in Christ or somebody that's close to you in your life, if you don't deal with it, this offense can spiral, spiral out of control so quick that you don't even know what's happening. Okay? So, the enemy, his agenda, everybody say agenda, The enemy's agenda in your life is, what's that word say? Say it again. It's destruction. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10. Okay? And his agenda is destruction. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from up above. And so God is a giver. That means the enemy is a taker who wants to destroy every good thing that God puts in your life. And that's his agenda. His agenda in your life is to destroy you. Let's get deeper. His strategy, everybody say strategy. His strategy is division. Jesus shared with us in Matthew 12, 25, that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Jesus says, if the enemy wants to destroy your house, the first thing he must do to destroy your house is to divide your house. Do I have any students here today in the the crowd? Raise your hand. Can I get two people to volunteer? I actually pre-picked a few of them yesterday. Can I have uh, Julia Padilla and is Megan over here? Megan? Oh, yeah, she's right there next to you. Okay. Let's give it up for Julia and Megan. They're going to come up on stage. This is Julia, everybody. This is Julia Padilla. And uh, this is Megan Matalor. Now, can you guys just put your arms around each other really quick? Okay. So this is what, this is what God wants for our relationships. Amen. And the enemy wants nothing more than to come in and, and separate you. That's what God wants. I mean, that's not what God wants. That's what the enemy <laughs> wants, okay? You could say it like that. His agenda is destruction. His strategy is division. And the enemy will not be happy until he sees you like this. In fact, if you want to know the truth, what the enemy wants to do to them, he wants to do in this church. 
One relationship at a time. What the enemy wants to do to them, he wants to do in your marriage. What the enemy wants to do to them, he wants to do between you and your teenager. You and your friends. And so his agenda is destruction. His strategy is division. And here's his tactic. And this is the part that I really want to preach about today. And I appreciate you guys helping me. I know you got a, you got a boot on your foot, so standing's probably not very comfortable right now. So I'll have you sit down in a minute. Maybe I'll bring up a chair for you next time, okay, because I'm going to have you come up again. But, but here's his tactic. His tactic is offense. His tactic is offense. Satan has an offensive strategy because if he walked up to Julia and he were not subtle, then Julia wouldn't stand for the devil's schemes. Amen. Okay, but the enemy is very strategic and Jesus is really giving us in Matthew chapter 5 a playbook of how the enemy wants to work in your relationships. And I know Julia is not going to let him divide their friendship. But you, you can bet he's going to try. Now, he won't make an announcement, hey, I'm coming to kill, steal, and destroy that's not what he's going to do. He's not going to make that announcement. But what you see is that the enemy will usually start in a small way. Because if he announced, I've come to divide, then Julia wouldn't stand for that. But what the enemy will do is he'll use just the littlest offense. He'll use the littlest things. The littlest things. And what Jesus is doing in Matthew chapter 5 is he's showing us how to deal with the offense so that we can keep the devil on the defense. That's what he's trying to show us. You know, how many want to keep the devil on defense in your life? Anybody? Okay, not everybody's raising your hand. I hope you do at some point during this service. How many of you want to keep the devil on the defense in your family, in your marriage, with your children? I mean, come on, church. Come on, somebody. Thank you guys, I'm going to have you sit down, but I might actually come up again, and I'll give you a chair next time, Julia. Amen. Let's give it up for them really quick. They're going to come back up. So there's this passage in Matthew chapter 7 where, uh, let me get, a, get something real quick, hold on. It's a, it's a busy service today. So in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about judging people, right? And he says a lot of times what happens is, you know, we walk around, we look at the speck in people's eyes, but here we are with a plank, right? You know, just straight whacking people over the head and causing division and causing stuff to happen, right? So, so he's talking about, you know, let me set that aside there. He's talking about how we can, we can so many times, we have this plank in our eye and we look at the speck of dust in our brother's eye. That's what he's talking about. And really what he's talking about is the difference between the small things and the big things. I mean, there's not a week that goes by where somebody, you know, comes up to me or I hear of maybe a marriage that's going through a really hard time and somebody's asking me to pray for them. Or I hear of a situation between somebody and I'm just like, like you know what I mean? I hear something, somebody comes up to me and I, I get talking to them and if we can dig back far enough... Okay, you find out that every plank 
every plank is really just made up of a bunch of specks that never got dealt with. A bunch of specks that ultimately built a plank in your life. You with me? And that seems to be the heart of what Jesus is teaching. I mean, I really didn't read you the whole passage because I want to break it down and show you how it happens. He, he said it can be something as small as a word, raka. Now, I want you to write this down. The closer the relationship, the greater the opportunity. The closer the, the relationship, the greater the opportunity. Now, this works both ways, okay? So the, the closer the relationship, the greater the opportunity for intimacy. On the other hand, the closer the relationship, the greater the opportunity there is for offense. That's why nobody can really make you mad like somebody that you really love. Nobody can hurt you like somebody that you've given your heart to. Am I right? And I've asked the question a lot of times with people when they're sharing these things with me or they're sharing me about their marriage, I ask this question, I'm just like, how did we get here? Seriously, how did we get to this place? How did we get here? And I want you to know that my goal today isn't so much for you to start looking at other people and what they've been doing and how they offended you and how they hurt you. That's not my goal. I want to show you that when there is conflict in our relationships, it always happens one offense at a time. One offense at a time. Jesus says, if you get something in your heart against your brother or sister, and then you let it grow long enough, it will literally destroy your relationship. It will destroy your relationship. How does that happen? It happens one offense at a time. One offense at a time. How did we get here? How did our small group get here? How did this conversation get here? How did this relationship get here? Where we're, we're, we're smiling like everything is okay, but deep down in my heart, and we come to church, and nobody sees the stuff that's going on here. And we come to church and watch this. You want to get real, okay? Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come offer your gift. Then come and offer your gift. Leave your gift there in front of the altar and get it right with the person that it's not right with before you start singing songs and praying all these prayers to try to cover up the fact that your relationships are under attack in your life. You know, we were singing today in church this beautiful worship song. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me, right? Beautiful song. You know, sometimes you want to, 
Here's just a side note. I was on my way to church this morning. I was thinking, sometimes we don't sing songs because that's not what we're experiencing in our life. You ever wonder, why am I not wanting to sing? It's because you're not really feeling it inside. Anyways, that was just a bonus. Anyways. <laughs> Your grace is enough. Right? And that's what was coming out of some people's mouths this morning. But if you could see what was going on in their heart. If you could only see what was going on inside. Jesus says, it's possible for you to be doing something on an outward level, and yet on an inward level, you are filled with anger and resentment. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough, but not for him. You know, like, we're singing, like, this song. Right? If you could only hear what was happening in people's hearts today. This is real. Because this is for all of us. How do we get here? Jesus says it starts one offense at a time. The devil wants to tear your heart away from the people that want to help you the most. The devil wants to tear you away from your small group. You know, God wants to take his people and make them one. But the enemy wants to take God's people and make them two. How does he do it? One offense at a time. And God knows that I need this message because I can get so offended so quick. I mean... So many people have said so many nice things about me, but it's just the one thing that they'll say that will just stick in here, and I can't let it go. And now I'm driving and I'm talking to myself. Like what I would say to this person if I would just let them have it. I'm so quick to find the one offense. You know, we can train ourselves. Hey, listen, you know, we can train ourselves to find the one offense. You can. And then you just overreact, man. Just overreactors. Right? Raka. Starts out as Raka, you fool. And the next thing you know, my relationships are being destroyed. And watch how bad it gets. Jesus says it can get so bad that if you don't deal with the little things, he says if you don't settle matters quickly with your adversary, with your adversary. Now that's confusing because in verse 21, we were talking about your brother and sister, weren't we? And now here in verse 25, we're talking about your adversary. You would assume that these are two different people, wouldn't you? But what if it's not? You know, what if the same person who called you brother or sister in verse 21 is the same person who will be your adversary in verse 25 if you don't deal with offense? You ever thought about that? How friends can become enemies? How brothers and sisters in Christ can be divided? The person who doesn't deal with the offense, and it's interesting how he says it, 
if you don't settle matters quickly. I think that's powerful. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary, look, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge. Guess what? It's on you. And they might hand you over. And the judge may hand you over to the officer. And you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. The prison of offense. And it all started with Raqqa. It all started with the word. A small offense. You need to understand that the enemy's agenda is destruction. His strategy is division, but his tactic is those little offenses. Those little offenses. Can I actually have my uh, two uh, teen girls come on up really quick? We're going to have them come on up again. And uh, you guys could just sit on this first step. Can you guys do that? Just sit, sit there, and uh, you don't have to be, like, touching. You could keep some space, all right? No, not that far, okay? We're not that divided, okay? Cool. A little, little higher up on the steps so everybody can see you. Okay, one more up. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. Grateful that you guys are back up here for helping me out. Thank you. Okay, putting you on the spot. Um, so, oh, wait, oh, wait, sorry. I'm all over the place. Okay. So, I got built this for you guys today. Sorry, you had to look at my behind. Okay. All right. All right. So let's imagine. Sorry. So let's imagine this is a beautiful garden. Okay, it's just a piece of wood. All right. Can we use our imaginations? Okay. Let's imagine that that's a beautiful garden. Okay, it's gorgeous, all right? And it represents all of the love and the potential in the relationship between Megan and Julia, okay? It's the potential. That this garden represents the potential and, you know, what they could do together as friends for Christ. They could change so many lives and they can help each other when it gets hard. That's what small groups are all about, amen? And so they're with each other, right? This is the potential of their friendship. You guys with me so far? And this, of course, okay, represents the offenses in our lives, okay? These represent the offenses that come into your relationship, okay? So this will apply to anybody, too. You know, this is a great marriage analogy, dating analogy, friendship analogy. It works in any relationship. But we're going to talk about small groups today, okay? And so this would work for any of these relationships, for anybody who is important to you, all right, and show you exactly what the enemy wants to do in your life. Because the question isn't, are offenses going to happen? It's, it's skipping ahead on me. The question isn't, are offenses going to happen? That's not the question. They're going to come. You're going to offend each other. Okay? It's, it's going to happen. The question is, what are you going to do with them? What will you do with them? That's what determines whether or not you keep a strong relationship with God, with others, or maybe with yourself. So for instance, I don't know, okay, so let's say uh, they're having a community group meeting this week, okay, 
and I got more wood because, you know, we're highly offendable people in our culture, okay, so I got a bunch of these, okay, so, all right, going to work today, earning money, okay, so here we go. So let's say, you know, Megan's hosting community group this week. Great job, Megan. And, uh, you know, Megan's put a lot of work in to group, okay? You know, so she's been putting a lot of work. She's been cleaning her house, okay? You know, she even baked, you know, some cookies, and she's just been getting it ready for her group to come over. And so she sends out a text to her group, okay? Hey, guys, just want to remind you that we have community group tonight. Looking forward to seeing you guys. It's going to be awesome. She sends out at everybody, and everybody responds, but Julia sends back a text that says, okay. You ever had those texts? Okay. I'm like, what is that? Okay. Just poured my heart out to you. Okay. Is all you got to say? You know? Okay. So she says, okay. And your face is like, Really? You know, like, I just, I, you know, and then Julia doesn't even show up. It's, a, it's an offense. And you're laughing because it's happened. Really. They don't even show up. So, it's an offense. That gets planted in your relationship. Right? And so now there's a beginning of something. There's, there's, the, there's this division, okay? And so sometimes there's other situations in our friendships where, or in our groups where it's not even what you say, it's what you don't do. Right? It's what you don't do. It's an unmet expectation. And unmet expectations are the breeding ground for offenses in relationships. Can I get an amen from all the married people? <laughs> unmet expectations. And let me tell you the breeding ground for unmet expectations. Unexpressed expectations. How in the world do I know what you want? <laughs> you got to tell me. Okay? So anyways, you got to learn how to talk to people. Okay? We got to put the phones down and we need to talk with one another. Amen. Unmet expectations. Otherwise, let's say like there's another situation, and let's say this time Julia grew up in her house and birthdays were a big deal, okay? And every morning on her birthday, Lisa would bring breakfast in bed to Julia. Birthday girl. Pretty awesome. Does your mom do that, by the way? Okay, no, okay. It's all right. All right, so... But let's just say, she does, okay. She might take you out to breakfast, still great, okay. So she's expecting, you know, it's a big deal in her house. She grew up, and birthdays were a huge deal, but, but Megan grew up in a home where birthdays weren't that big of a deal. Because what did you do? You were just born, right? Like, you didn't do anything, right? So, so she grew up in a house where birthdays weren't that big of a deal. So at community group that night, you know, it's Julia's birthday, and Megan just doesn't even mention anything about it. What? Wait, mate, wait, you didn't show up. Okay, so this is the next community group, okay? So let's say the next community group. So, 
And Megan doesn't even say anything. And she's like, how could you? She was expecting a card and maybe for them to sing happy birthday, maybe a cake that's from their group. But here we go. Here's Julia's side. Another offense in the relationship. And so, you know, Julia makes a comment because she's a little passive aggressive. Okay, so she says something and again, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just making this up, okay, so don't look at them like all weird, okay, so she's a little passive aggressive, so she says something kind of under her breath, you know what I mean? Like a little sarcastic. Some leader you are, you know, like, so, <laughs> boom. There you go. And we're laughing, but this happens. So she says something like that, and, and then here you go, and then, and then you know, it keeps going. And Julia, meanwhile, is still stuck on her birthday. She still can't get over that one. And it's four months ago now, four months have gone by. She's still mad that she didn't get her handmade card. And she's still so worked up about her birthday. And when she thinks about it, it gets a little deeper. And every thought, you know, she's reliving it. And she's thinking what, you know, what Megan should have said or what she should have done. And, you know, and, and that's how offenses get you know, built. It's like one offense at a time. That's how offenses build in our lives. It's just one at a time, you know. And then, you know, let's say that Julia posts something about one of these, you know, uh, people running for president. Okay, I'm not going to mention names because we're easily offendable. Okay, so um, <laughs> let's say Julia posts something and she's like, I cannot believe this person and what he's doing. And man, if you vote for this I, yeah, anyways. Uh, so, I didn't mean to say that, just, okay, so, so, you know, Julia's like, if you vote for this person, man, something's wrong with you, okay? She posts something like that on Facebook, and Megan's like, I wanted to vote for that person. By the way, I mean, I think we post way too much political stuff on Facebook as a church. Just saying it. Moving on. So, <laughs> boom. Here we go, another one. And, and here we go. You know, things just keep on building. Can I get you guys to come on up here real quick? And uh, Megan, can I have you stand in the back? Or actually, Julia, why don't you stand in the back and you can stand in front of this. So we keep, they stand in front, Megan, there you go. And so here we go. You know, there's continued things and they're not dealing with it. And so, oh, not enough space. That one over. Thank you, Megan. We're not dealing with it. And what happens in their friendship? <laughs> Offenses build fences. And the crazy thing is, Jesus said, if you get it, let it get to this point, if you live your life relationally on the basis, well, I'm not apologizing first. Did you see what your kid said to my kid? I'm not apologizing for that. 
they didn't appreciate me. I'm, I'm not apologizing for that. If you don't learn how to deal with these things, you will find yourself in a prison. It's not them that you imprison, it's you. You know, hey, Julia, why don't we talk anymore? Why don't we hang out? We used to be so close. What happened? You built a fence. The enemy's agenda is destruction. His strategy is division. And his tactic is offense. His tactic is offense. Thankfully, God has given us another way to deal with offense. Thankfully, he's given us another way to deal with offense. If we could only find an example of somebody who had every right to be offended. If we could find somebody who had every right to not forgive us, of somebody who had every right to hold it against us, if somebody, of, of somebody who had every right to stand at a distance and say no, if we only had an example of somebody who did that. And Jesus says, this is the way of relationship. I'll put it, I'll die on a cross. For your offense. And I believe some of you have issues right now that you need to get right with some people. It's not okay. There's some things that need to get right with people in this room, some unforgiven offenses. And if you're going to get back to where you were, you've got to learn how to drop it. Drop it. Everybody say, drop it. Drop. You've got to learn how to drop it. And I don't mean suppress it, okay? I don't mean stuff it away and don't, don't talk about it. But after you've had the conversation, drop it. Let it go. I mean, come on, the enemy wants you to drive it down deep and he wants you to think about it and forget about all the good persons that person's done in your life. And God says, drop it. Everybody say, drop it. He says, drop it. I believe there's some things that we need to drop today. In fact, Jesus says, this is so important. This is so important that if you are in church at the altar offering a gift, a sacrifice, if you are here in church this morning and you say Jesus is Lord and you're here to offer a sacrifice, he says, do not do it until you reconcile yourself with that person. Deal with it and drop it. You can't even properly connect with God until you drop it. Am I right? And so... get all these out here they can see each other again <laughs> so what are you gonna do when they don't notice you what happened what are you gonna do when they say K to your really long text <laughs> drop it What are you going to do when you said something politically and it really hurt their feelings? 
Come on, say it with me. What are you going to do? Drop it. Drop it. You got to drop it. You have to drop it. God says drop it. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. You guys can go arm in arm, skipping. Oh, you, have, you can't. You have a boot. I'm telling you that being close in a relationship is not about how quickly you can get offended. It's how quickly you can. Drop it. Drop it. How quickly you can get over it. And I want to close and I want to pray for some of you. Because when I read these words of Jesus that he said, when you, do, when you don't deal with the offenses, when you don't drop the offenses, and you allow it to become resentment in your life, and you know what? Sometimes reconciliation isn't possible. I mean, you look at these videos of people on 9-11 jumping out of windows, dying. And sometimes you can't reconcile with somebody because they're not here anymore. Drop it. Let it go. It's not worth it. It's not possible because sometimes people aren't willing because we're so prideful and arrogant in our own hearts that we won't drop it. And you know what? There's this guy named uh, Lewis Smead. It makes me feel weird because his name rhymes with mine. Lewis Smead, he says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and finding out that the prisoner was you. So I believe God wants to release some of you today. Release you from some things that you've been holding on to, some things that you have been keeping you at a distance, some things that have been keeping you divided. And maybe in this closing prayer, there are some things by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of Jesus Christ that God is going to reveal to you in your mind. Some offenses that you've been building in some very important relationships. And in God's kingdom, every relationship is important. And that God is going to begin to demolish your excuses and break down your pride and your walls today between friends who haven't spoken in a while. Do not leave today if there's somebody in this room and you need to drop it. God says drop it. Snoop Dogg says drop it like it's hot. Just drop it quickly. Drop it fast. Come on, you gotta drop it while you can. He says do it while you're still on your way or it won't end well with you because unchecked resentment leads to unbelievable regret and you don't want that in your life. So before we pray, I want to ask you this question. If God dropped the charges against you, then what offense is too great that you can't let go of? Answer it. Answer it. I mean, you could read it. There's a parable about the unmerciful servant who was forgiven by Jesus but says, I will not forget, forgive you. And he puts his own servant in jail when he was forgiven himself. And the master is livid. I showed you grace. Why can't you show others grace? 
If God dropped the charges against you, then what offense is too great that you can't let go of? The forgiveness of God is not just flowing to me. The forgiveness of God is flowing through me. Because I'm forgiven. I can forgive. And I'm not saying that you tolerate abuse, but what I am saying is that offense, offense is an event. Offended is a decision. Again, offense is an event. Offended is a decision. Offense is an event. They hurt me. They said that to me. But to live offended as a believer in Jesus Christ and to stay that way and to live in that place denies the very salvation that some of us have claimed to have received. So is there anything you need to drop today? Is there something that you need to drop? Is it a decision you need to make in your heart to never bring it up again? Is it a decision in your heart? Is it a conversation that you need to have? What do you need to drop today? I pray that this message would not leave you until you do it. Until you drop every single offense that is keeping you in prison today. And Jesus bore it on the cross for us. He showed us the way when we didn't deserve it. Father, we come to you in prayer as we take communion. This is a hard word, God. Because it's so personal. When somebody hurts us, it's so personal. And we let it rehearse and we let it fester and we don't talk about it. Sometimes that's even in our own relationship with you, God. We let sin stay there and before we know it, there's a wall, there's a fence between us and you. And while we're building fences between us and other people, God, it's like we're building fences between us and you. Pray that we could drop it today, God. Whatever it is. And I really believe that Jesus came, that he died, and he rose again. This is not a game. This is not something, a motivational speech. This is reality, God. Jesus says this stuff can put you in danger of the fire of hell. But we know that Jesus died on a cross to save us. What would we not be willing to let go? I mean, God, you let go of everything for us. I pray that we could do the same today. That as we come before you in prayer, that we would have a sober view of who we are that we would see how much we've been forgiven and we can let that forgiveness flow through us into every relationship in our life. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen.